This podcast is brought to you courtesy of Renault, the world's most exclusive sunglasses. It's now available at renault.co.uk and at select boutiques around the globe. You are listening to the Official Concept Podcast. Enjoy listening to Alan. Today on the show, we're interviewing Tommy Chong. Welcome, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you uh, for having me. The first question I'd like to ask you is, sure. what was the most unexpected moment that led to your partnership with Cheech Marin? And could you share a behind-the-scenes anecdote from your earlier days together? Well, what got us together was uh, they did uh, a partner. Uh, actually, we were looking for a straight. I, I had this improvisational theater. We needed a, we had two hippies, but we needed a short hair. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, Cheech uh, eventually became that guy. When the group broke up, Cheech and I stayed together. How did you guys meet? Uh, that's where we met. He was applying for a job in a theater group. And of course, I hired him, and here we are. Oh, no way. <laughs> it's true, like fate brought you guys together. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very serendipity. But not only that, it's like you guys have stayed really good friends even to now. Yeah, yeah, and well, yeah. we're 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 related, <laughs> blood related, yeah. more than our brother. So, what was it like if your comedy and music persona had a showdown? Who could come out on top, and why? Let's see. Uh, oh, the comedy, mm. <laughs> comedy, comedy got me where I'm at now. Yeah. No, the music was just something that I could do good enough to help others. How, how do you mean? Well, I was more of a backup musician. Oh, okay. Rather than a lead musician, you know. I was the guy, you know, in a parade, you know, with the shovel, following the horses. Yeah. That was, that, that, that's me. That was my job, musically. Mm. So what got you into the main performance sector? It was an accident, you know. Uh, was very spiritually uh, ordained, I, I imagine. It was something that I, I had been brought here to do. Mm. And eventually, uh, eventually I got into it. And here we are, still into it, still doing it. From rolling joints in your movies to running a cavernous uh, business, how has your friendship with marijuana transformed over the years? And what's the wildest cannabis-related story you can recall? Well, you know, I, I started smoking late, like, you know, for what what it is today. You know, I didn't start till I was 17. And, and so I was, you know, I'd gone through the cigarettes and the booze. But when I found uh, Mar- uh, Mar- marijuana, Mary Jane, <laughs> she, she, just, she just took me in her arms. And uh, we've been together ever since. When, when I do it, I get the worst paranoia imaginable <laughs> like, well that's a good saying. sign yeah how so well there's an the opposite you see you got yeah. a choice now you can go deep or you can go high it's up to you yeah because i i like to think a lot i do a lot of critical thinking and so yeah. my my number one is um mushroom i i love them they've helped me through meditation and experiencing of the self. And I've been able to, like when I do mushrooms, I normally meditate in front of the mirror. Um, so yeah. I can look into my eyes and really break down 
yeah. any of these major um, thought patterns that I have that are negative, or if I yeah. try to just have trauma that I've tried to work through, I, I really need to, um, like, it, it helps me knock it down. But with marijuana, it just, um, it lets me remind me of the things that I did when I was, like, a teenager. And then I'm like, damn, that was cringy. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then it's like, it gets so bad that I look to, like, if I'm with a friend or with a girlfriend and i'm just like they know about it they know how cringy i used to be <laughs> so uh, well well that's what that's what it is it really is the mirror of your soul yeah yeah well oh man well, i need to work on that but um i've done so I, I fairly i'm fairly sure that you like to smoke more but what's your opinion about the edibles because they they get processed in a different way in your body and the visuals are very different well edibles it's like, like uh, I guess it's, edibles is like a very philosophical discussion, mm, mm. you know, uh, and you try to figure out your reasoning why you did so much when you knew better. <laughs> yeah. You know, you start, questioning, <laughs> you start questioning your your response team, you know, you, you get together, have a little meeting with all your nerves system and say okay why did we do that <laughs> yeah, we know better but yet we did too much and uh yeah it i i i i go by feel it's, mm. it's uh you know instinct <laughs> you know trump's got good instinct <laughs> so and i've been writing my instinct for for many years i i i'll tell you my secret is uh the power of prayer. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I learned real early, early, early in my life how to pray. Mm. And uh, it's easy. <laughs> you can do and you can do it anywhere. <laughs> and we all do it. And and the only only difference between the, the believers and the non believers are the, the believers are the ones that uh, know. That's why they're called believers. <laughs> mm. And the non believers are still looking. See? Well, I definitely believe if you're going through any tough time, even if it is going down a, a, a rabbit hole of edibles, <laughs> it's like being able to pray or or put like some sort of a spiritual specter onto like a subject where it's like where let's say because I've had I've ingested a lot of uh, THC at um at one point and I got cooked and so what happened was that i believe that uh i was laying in bed with my um girlfriend at the time and it all hit me at once because i didn't think that it was gonna like do anything and so i like went to bed and just chilled out but i i legitimately saw a deity talking to me and vision like just laying on top of me and i was talking to this deity and then when i was like going in and out of reality i was speaking in tongues <laughs> so i'm like my girlfriend was like, what, that was, what are you saying? Because she was from Japan, so she didn't know what the hell I was talking about. But uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it was just unreal. But th at that moment, um, yeah, I believe that there is 100% a higher power. And uh, I, it, it felt beautiful. Like, it really did. It felt like touching something that we're all a part of. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and uh, that's all you, uh, if you, if you know the ritual. The yeah, ritual, yeah. The ritual is just believing. Mm. <laughs> that's the only ritual you have to do is just believe, and that's easy. 
and for those that it's it's hard, you know, I mean that that's the challenge. You see, for some of us, it's so easy that we can't imagine it being ever ever being hard. But but it's it's hard to stay keep your balance. However, got to fall to know what it feels. Mm. Well, if you don't, then you'll never learn that feeling. And so that's what we're doing. And my, you know, my problem is spoiler alert. You know, I I get too uh, too Pollyanna. You know, too oh, too positive mm. without, without recognizing the moment. You know, and and it's it's a struggle. But the good news, like I said, is there's no secret. And when you do learn that there's no secret, that's the secret. Have you ever tried uh, DMT? Yeah. How how was that experience for you? If you don't, I can't remember now. Oh, okay. It, uh, you know, I was never uh, like uh, an experimenter. Mm. I was uh, what do you call it? a uh, a a guy that took advantage of the situation? You know, someone offered me something. If it was done, you know. My mantra used to be when they asked me what kind of drugs do you do, and, and my answer was anything given to me by a naked lady. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you did it, and then you asked. But yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's it. That's um, this words of wisdom right there. I'll definitely take that. I remember. I think, uh, I, I think one of my best high was. Uh, Cocaine uh, smoked in a joint. You know, it was uh, it 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 inspired a lot of uh, songwriting. Yeah, yeah. How was the feeling? Yeah, but I I never I never had that junky urge. I had the opposite. I, I was afraid. Uh, you know, mm. I was a, too caution <laughs> because uh, you know I didn't want to get fucked up like people that do drugs get fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And to be honest, that was actually one of the biggest fears that I ever had as well. Because um, I'm 29 now, yeah, and, and I haven't um, I haven't done anything uh, for like four years. And uh, the the last thing that I did, it was um, I did about 15 grams of magic mushrooms. Yeah, on on a on a New Year's, and uh, where I live, uh, it's like a resort, and so it's right next to the beach. And, uh -huh. and so I was doing, you know, fire twirling. Yeah. Where you have, yeah, where where it has like, you know, you have a pole in two weeks that are lit on fire. So I was doing that, and there was a blood red moon, full moon, Ooh. and yeah, and it just, I was just there all by myself with like this music, this like trance music on, and it just felt like I could feel the vibrations throughout the air and oh man and then um and then I just I I realized a lot about who I am as an individual what my foundations are and I felt like I felt like if I were to do anything extra than this it would be like chasing the dragon it would just be trying to get that extra what can I visualize what can I see but I think that a lot of people get trapped in that cycle where they just want to just do it to feel euphoric. And I feel that they don't really write down notes and try to learn what goals and try to, you know, feel out who they are as an individual. They just go along with the ride. And then it's like, because at that time, there'll be some people who are like, not not a lot. I, I was I was always hanging out really fit people who were in positive groups. Um, like everyone was so nice. But occasionally, a couple of people in their 40s or 50s will come who were just cooked out of their mind. And then they would just be saying, 
eye of the angelic language let me show you and then it's just still squiggles and they're trying to tell you how this is deciphering the universe and it's like hey look i know that you're on your path but this is just on a whole different level on what i have so yeah and it just it just kind of freaked me out a bit well we're all tribal yeah yeah we have to realize that and we have to respect that mm. you know and, uh, yeah yeah but we only learn from our mistakes yeah, 100%. I, mean, I become friends with so many people because I didn't know who their, what their names were. So, But I met them so many times that we actually become friends. And I still don't know who they are. Oh. <laughs> That's all good. When you, just, when you hang out with somebody who's just a really good vibe, you're just like, man, you just get their energy and you're like, dude, this is just, this is just nice. You know, it's like you're just along with the ride. And you're just like, hell yeah, this is so... Like, it, it feels like freedom. Well, you actually create that self. Mm. It, it, it's the vibe that you're putting out. That's the answer that you get back. You know, it, it's the radar signal, you know, and, and uh, it, it emits from you the love and the knowledge and the, and the power. You know? mm. It just, you, we are, we're, we're electrical beings and some of us glow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's just the way it is. Do you, do, you, do you ever do um Reiki or any type of um like meditational therapies or anything like that? Not anymore. Every once in a while, I'll go back to the I Ching, mm. you know, the book that changed. I just I did, just did it recently, and it's beautiful. And uh, uh, I've got spiritual books that I keep close to me. You know, they're, they're my reassurance. For a while there, I had a daughter read to me oh. i thought, I, thought I, <laughs> I stumbled onto something pretty cool and uh and it was it is cool it was very cool my older our connection they would read chapters for me oh, that's, that's so before. beautiful i need to go back i, I went on i was in uh, italy on vacation uh, for a couple of weeks last uh, last couple of weeks and uh, and so i'm i'm you know just now kind of getting back into into the american groove What's so different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The travel. I mean, I love it. Mm. I love every. You know, when you when you travel uh, with the with the equipment we have now, the phone, <laughs> iPads, computers. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, you know, coming from a world where none of that exists, you know, and yet, yet here we are. We made it. My God, it's like I'm not being disrespectful in any way, but the 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 world that you grew up in is so vastly different, just with technology alone. And do you think that it's because a, a lot of people get trapped in the cycle of social media and and all this? What was it like when you were a teenager without any of this extra technology? Did it feel more free, or <laughs> how was it? Well, with me, I was a music a musician. I was a guitar player. And mm. In the stages of learning how to play my guitar and having to learn the popular songs of the day, you know, having to keep up with the guitar world, that was my world. And uh, we were poor, you know, no car. I, I took a bus and sometimes I had to lug my amplifier and <laughs> guitar on a, on a bus, snowy uh, Calgary weather, and then. Uh, and then walk about a half a mile with the amp and guitar uh, 
to my friend's house, and then we would uh, play all weekend. You know, wake up in the morning, grab the guitar, play, play. Yeah, that was my yeah. Life. Man, I thought I worked out hard. <laughs> that's a mission. <laughs> no, that's what you had to do. Yeah. In Calgary. I, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I love playing the guitar as well. I have a uh, I have an Explorer. A what? An Explorer guitar. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's like um, I I like playing. I, I don't know, like I like I like listening to real chill, lo-fi music, like just really relaxing throughout my day. But when I play the guitar, I I really like doing he like heavier metal type of riffs and everything. It's just I love it. I love the emotion that you can bring through the Jimmy Jimmy Hendrix. Um, a bit harder, but uh, yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Hendrix is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's where I I, I kind of ended. <laughs> my, oh. <laughs> I, I saw Jimmy and I said, eh, I think I'll be a comedian. <laughs> Dude, you just yeah. you literally yeah. witnessed one of the best guitarists, and you're like, uh, nah. I, I, I played with him. He, he went that in a band. I, I I was in a Motown band, and we were in London, England, backing up Motown singers. And uh, Jimmy heard that we were in town, and he came down, and we were playing this little club. And so Jimmy came down to the club we were playing at, and he came up on stage and played bass. And so I, I got to play guitar with my other guitar player with Jimmy. Oh man, dude, that would have been so cool. I'm that jealous. was cool. <laughs> I'm jealous. That be awesome. And it was a memorable day and night because the the next day we're riding in a limousine that the Beatles were using at one time. Oh. And we're talking about meeting Jimmy Hendrix and the whole band. And then I blurted out, I'm going to be bigger than Hendrix one day. <laughs> I blurted it out. They all <laughs> stopped and looked at me. <laughs> and then the drummer, drummer who was the pessimist in the band, he goes, on guitar? <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, no, no. I knew that I was going to be not bigger, but as big, if nothing else. And, uh, and here we are. Positive energy, man. Your career, you bring so much joy to so many people. And it's just nothing but just good vibes, man. And there's a lot of hard work that gets put into it, no doubt. Well, we, to give you an example, the, when uh, the first time I saw Chief, uh, he came into the club. And I think we all had done a little acid before that night. Because we used to do a little acid, then do the show. <laughs> and uh, if I, if I'm not mistaken, you know that we're we're feeling really good. And I saw a cheek, and, and he came in with the most gorgeous brunette I've seen. And she looked like something out of a Hollywood movie in a full length mink coat. Mm. And he came to say goodbye to she. <laughs> she was breaking up with him oh. with, with another dude. But I didn't know at the time. <laughs> anyway, he shuddered her. In. You know, brought her into the club, and right then I knew I knew that guy was going to be. I was going to be working with him because he had that style. Was, sure, enough, sure enough, I was right. Yeah, was um was Cheech on uh, acid at the time as well when he was getting broken up with? Because that would have been so much worse. No, but the only acting he did was all the acting experience that he told me that he had, even though I didn't care. Oh, he, okay. The the I did just started acting. Stuff, so I had no clue, you know, but anybody else. I just believe everybody. You tell me you're an actor, you're an actor. You know, <laughs> you say you play guitar, then I'll 
yeah, I'll believe you until I hear you. And then if you can play it, then you can play it. If not, you can't, you know, whatever. But but Cheech, uh, yeah, he tried to convince me. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Well, the best way, one time a guy, he came to the, when I was putting the strip club uh, acting troupe together, uh, uh, we still had the girls doing strip show. And so I was up in the late booth, and this guy came up. He's an actor. He wants to uh, uh, audition. I said, okay, here's, here's, here's the deal. You're a cop. You're, you're a cop, and you're going to shut down the club. <laughs> and so what I want you to do is, here, I'll give you a flashlight. You walk on uh, the stage and say, shut the club down because it's a raid, and, mm. and everybody is under arrest. And I said, can you do that? The guy goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm in the light booth, and the guy runs on stage, tries to shut down the club. No one listens to him. <laughs> but next thing you know, my brother's on stage, grabs him by the neck in his yard. And he's oh. dragging him away. <laughs> and, that, and, that and, and, I, and as he dropped him by the light booth, I told my brother, I said, it's okay. <laughs> I told him to do that. And, and my brother just gave me that dirty look. <laughs> And let the guy go. And, they, and so the guy said to me, he had the nerve. He said, well, what do you think? <laughs> I said, nah, nah, you didn't convince anybody. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. That would have been so hard. Oh, oh we had the so, most fun then. So, oh, originally, uh, with what you said, with, um, with, with Cheech coming on, and he was supposed to be the straight man. How yeah. did he get into the other role? Well, he he just he came on and just did cheat, you know. Mm. No, he wasn't Mexican. He was Richard, and and he, he no no Latino uh, accent at all. And so none of us knew that he was Mexican. Oh, no, really? We, we didn't know what he was. We knew he was something, you know, could be a Filipino, or, you know, what whatever Chinese, but uh, or Arab. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know what he was yeah. until we got down to LA. Uh, we did one club and we didn't go over that well. And so I, I, I busted Cheech. I said, Come on, man, you're from here. You know, there must be a character you could do that people could relate to. And uh, he said, Yeah, there's a lowrider. And so he told me what the lowrider was. We, we wrote a bit. The rest is history. Dude, tonight I'm going to watch that movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> You know a movie I, I'm going to start watching is Far Out Man. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Full of a lot of things. I forgot all of them. Oh, hell yeah. I'll check that out as well. Yeah, Far Out Man. Yeah. C. Thomas Howell's got a little bit in there. Ronaldo Ray, very funny. Bobby Taylor, my, uh, lead singer with the Vancouver's. He's in uh, Far Out Man. Yeah. My wife, Shelby, Paris, son. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's all. Yeah. I'll definitely check that yeah. out. Check it out. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to start, you know, you know, doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah, when I'm you, when you start. were first starting comedy, what, what, do, do you have like a, a pinnacle moment on this is the character that I'm going to be playing, the, the style and approach of comedy that I'm going for? Or no, well, I, I had been doing comedy, teach that, you know, that's our whole thing. Yeah, was uh, started in the records, but it really started with me on playing in bands that you know, house band, and uh, and watching the comedians, you know, that worked at clubs that I worked. So I, so I, I picked up, you know, being a musician, you pick up everything, you know, you, 
you learn to uh, re remember words and bits. So that was my musical training because I played by ear. And so I had a good year for comedy. That's what it was. And, and I've been listening to comedy and love comedy records from the beginning, which was party records with Red Fox. So I heard a lot of comedy records. You know? And then I got turned on to Lenny Bruce when I was 17 in his comedy record. And so when we met Lou, he said, well, how can I help you? I said, well, we want to make a comedy record. Oh, well, really? Yeah. Nine, nine records later, oh. we, we had quite a career. Got one Grammy. Should have got probably at least three more. But I will settle for them. Dude, that's awesome. So, yeah. so originally, you were, at, when you were younger, you were mainly just playing with your friends in a band. And then after that, you were mainly a backup member in a band. And then you play with Jimi Hendrix and you're like, nah, I think I'm going to go with comedy. <laughs> and then yeah. and then things just kept on snowballing and, and then you just kept on achieving really high goals. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're when you got what I have, which is there's something very, very special about, about me, period. I don't know what it is, but apparently there's something. And and that's the way it is. You know, I, I'm here for a reason. Mm. And uh, and that's what I'm doing, really fulfilling whatever commitment I'd made <laughs> earlier. And because it's all all coming together so well, and everything, everything. The lady that I'm with, I met her when she was uh, 16. Yeah, she was 16 years old when I met her, and we're still together. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and that's my uh, mistress. That was my girlfriend. I got a wife that's still on the planet. My first wife, Maxine, mother of my two daughters, Robbie. And yeah, and we're still very tight, taking care of her uh, like a good a grandpa would. Yeah. yeah, things are doing well. Yeah, everything's falling into place. And now we're coming into an era that's going to uh, revolutionize the world you know, because I've got a, uh, I got a plan. We're doing a movie. Going to do a movie about the characters of Up in Smoke uh, now, what they look like now. Oh. <laughs> and so, uh, the teachers, uh, teach did some time in jail, so he's got that. I I live in a van. I'm more or less homeless. Uh, oh. uh, and I got a daughter that we're strange. And and somehow we we get back together and kind of remember. The old days. I don't know where 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 they want to go for, with it. it. It's a, a movie movie. Yeah. When you're so when you're writing a movie, what, like mm -hmm. how do you like? Let's say if you're writing a movie with um, Chief, how how does that how does the process come about? Do you guys sit in the room and then just get well? What we did with the record, you know, that's how we 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 <laughs> did all our recording. Our recording often stuff. Had the kind of improvisational, uh, you know, oh, nothing planned, nothing planned, but you know, start doing a riff, and next thing you know, you got a bit. That's the way we did that. The movies, I, I got more involved in the movies because she really wasn't interested in doing movies until we're doing a movie, mm. uh, and uh, I, I was the movie, I was, you know, all my life, that was go to entertainment movies and then drive in movie theaters. So I've, I've well versed part uh, seeing a lot of movies and learning learn a lot of things i can retain a lot of stuff 
you know, being a musician. So, oh, you know, oh. the movie, and, and, and once we got writing the movie, I sort of took over the movie thing, you know, Up in Smoke, next movie, Ice Stream, things are tough all over, still smoking. Yeah. So when you first made your movie and it's premiering and all of your friends and family and all the, you know, rest of the guests are there and they're just loving it. How did that make you feel? Because you're just like, oh, man, am I, I'm actually like movie star or what was the what was the emotions like? Did you get well, because uh, uh, making a movie, you go through all different periods, of, you know, especially at the toward the end when you're trying, to, uh, you know, screen it and try to get everything working right. So when a uh, successful by the time you have a successful screening, you know you're all you're over. In fact, oh. if, anything, if anything, you're thinking of the next movie because you've already started the next movie. Mm, <laughs> mm. You know because you got the money for it, so you better start start working on. It. It's just it becomes a job, and like any job, you have to play plan. Have to be uh, you know everybody's got a job. But, yeah. What's one of the biggest struggles of being an actor? <clears throat> well, acting with me was accidental too. You know, I found out I thought I was a, a director, mm. a writer, director, and then I found out, oh, I'm an actor too. Okay, uh, but my, I, I don't know. Yeah, I can do it all. Do it, and I can, and I'm learning how to sing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Well, um, <clears throat> how many lessons uh, have you done? Well, just one with uh, John Fiore. Oh, cool! He's a great, great, great vocalist. And we we were in on vacation. He, he, of course, he entertains at the karaoke bar. And he's really, really good, really incredible, yeah, incredible vocal. So we we'll probably end up doing a couple of songs together. Yeah, no, just for yeah. yeah I've, what, been, I've been hanging up? with a lot of uh, the rich, the wealthy, connected, uh, the Republican. Mm. What's the what's the type of genre for the um, music that you want to sing? What, the genre for what? For the music that you want to perform in with singing, the genre. Oh, oh, uh, oh! I see. Um, I guess romantic R and B. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm an old Motown guy, you know. So like my girl, anything by the Temp, or Smokey Robinson's another love smoke. Mm. He's got best grooves in the whole world. Yeah, Sam and Dave. You know, I, I got my, you got a couple of their songs. My my sons, uh, we got a little band called Tong Family Stone. Oh, and really? Every once in a while, we'll get together and hammer out a set or two. You know, hey, do, you, do, do you have a video of it? Uh, yeah, there will be. A, you know what? I'm thinking of doing a Christmas special. Yeah, the song, I'll see it. Tong and the Family Stone, and we'll put our music together. To uh, do uh, the old tune. Yeah, man. Well, um, is there uh, anything that you're working in the future that you like to mention? Well, we got Cheech and I are going to be doing that movie as soon as the, the strikes. We got that coming up. And uh, my uh, daughter Robbie and her guy Dave uh, have uh, finished the uh, documentary on Cheech and Chong, and it's ready for release. And uh, so uh, they'll be screening it, showing it soon as the strike is settled and uh what else i oh the the movie that Cheech and i are going to do i got some really good surprises that for the yeah eric so it's going to be a lot of you know we're we're full of full of surprises here dude 
I just have to say thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And on top of that, I'm just going to be projecting so much positive energy to you. You're 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 a beacon of light, man. And uh, you're 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 great, dude. Thank you, thank you, and uh, peace and cheers and uh, all good vibes to you guys. Hey, cheers.